Yo, yo, yo. Love and light to all of you beautiful beings, kings and queens out there. Everything, love and life is the name and elevation of our consciousness is the motherfucking game, baby. Again, I'm sorry if you guys are getting tired of hearing that, but I cannot stop saying it. It's like what I live by. And you guys should too, man. But anyway, man, how is everybody doing today? What is the vibes, guys? I hope you all are well. And the vibrations of love and prosperity and wealth are upon you. And yeah, man, I'm sorry for, again, missing a few um, few days here and there, but... You know, I'm putting in a lot of work. I'm seeing so much progress. Um, and I've really just been trying to focus on um, programming my subconscious. You know, because as Dr. Joseph Murphy says, your subconscious does not know the difference between what's real and what's fake. It only knows what you feed it. And also, as um, Mr. Earl Nightingale set puts it, uh, your subconscious, your mind, is kind of like a field that we are trying to grow crop in. It doesn't care what we put into it to grow, but it grows for us. It doesn't matter if we put poison in it or corn in it. It's going to give back, you know, whatever we plant into it. So, the same goes for our subconscious and our conscious mind as well. Whatever we put into it, it must come back. It must grow for us. As long as you believe that. But that's another episode. So, uh, today, I wanted to do something for you guys to show my gratitude, man. Because I am two plays away from hitting my very first goal of... Um, achieving a hundred total plays now I know that probably doesn't sound like a big deal to you guys man but to me that is just oh my goodness it's like the greatest feeling one of the greatest achievements that I've ever you know accomplished in my life and it's all thanks to you guys the ones that tune in and listen and I very very much appreciate you guys and thank you from the bottom of my heart for the love and support that you guys are showing me. So, I wanted to do a little bonus or uh, exclusive extra in, um, episode today, which will be me telling you guys, you know, my life story, because I felt like I haven't really let you guys in too much. So, here it is now, and I'm going to tell you guys who I am, who is Noah. So, with that being said, let's get in on so, who am I? Who is Noah Lee Smith? Well, I guess we can start uh, at my birth, where everyone else usually starts. <laughs> so anyway, it all started back in the most coolest year of 1993 month of December 31st 
which is why I am such the awesome sauceness person I am. Anyway, so uh, at Broman Hospital, December 31st, 1993, a very beautiful young lady, my mother, Tracy, who was 16 years old at the time, gave birth to me at 11.36 a.m. And no, p.m., sorry, at nighttime. So, you know, here's uh, my mother, 16 years old, you know, still innocent. Um, my father had ended up, you know, leaving before I was born. Uh, sh shortly after, you know, he found out that my mom was pregnant with me. So she was, you know, in the room alone. Not really alone, though, because she had, you know, uh, my grandma and my grandpa. So, but there she was, 16. Uh, she gave birth to me. And instead of, you know, especially for back in the 90s, instead of, you know, deciding to put me up for adoption or something like that, my mother, you know, became a woman owned up to her responsibilities and she kept me and she you know for being especially a single mother at that age she did a wonderful job man so mommy if you hear this I love you with all of my heart and I thank you so much for keeping me and for going through the hardships and the pain and the struggles that you went through to ensure my my life and happiness and you're the reason why I am you know the person I am today and I couldn't be happier all right so we go back um, living with my grandma and grandpa in Clinton Illinois um, for a few years um, and I think around the time I was three maybe three and a half two and a half uh, my mother ended up meeting my stepfather. Well, I don't call him my stepdad. I call him my father because that was the man that stepped in and, you know, took uh, me and my mother in like, you know, like no other man. And he, Mr. Van Jason Ware, I love you, man. You taught me so many things. You gave me wisdom, knowledge, and, you know, I understand that. We uh, kind of went our separate ways, but I just want you to know how much you really did play a part in, you know, making me the man I am today. So after my mother met my uh, my uh, stepfather, uh, about a year later, my little brother Nick came. Then after him, my little brother Nyan came. Then after him, my little brother Navin came. So there's all four of us boys. All names beginning with N. <laughs> I don't know why my mother did that, but it's cool. So, uh, moving along, we, you know, at uh, this time we were living in Bloomington, Illinois. And, we you know, we were just like any other family. You know, uh, me and my brothers were going to school. You know, we'd come home, play, fight, wrestle. Uh, my dad would get up every morning, uh, go to work. He was a mailman. And he busted his ass he worked long hours and, you know, 
any kind of condition weather you could think of just to make sure we had food on the table and clothes on our back. Uh, my mother was a very, very fantastic stay-at-home mother. You know, on the weekends, she would uh, do this thing, man. I remember she would get this blanket and, uh, you know, she would put it over her like, you know, like a, like how you would, you know, try to look like a ghost. And she would turn all the lights off in the house, man, and she would chase me and my brothers around. And, uh, you know, that was just some of the, the happiest, you know, memories that I have in my life, especially right now. But uh, so, you know, a few years later, um, her and my dad ended up divorcing, which I believe is was the very start of, you know, kind of the 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 wrong road, the wrong path that I decided to take. So while my brothers ended up, uh, you know, staying with my dad in Bloomington, uh, I went with my mom and we stayed in Bloomington for a little bit, but you know, things started getting like really, really hard, man. You know, uh, she was still trying her best. You know, she ended up getting a job at FedEx. And uh, at this time we were living, back living with my grandma and grandpa who at this time had moved back to Bloomington. So, uh, you know, while we're living with them, she's going to work still. She ended up getting her own place. And, you know, I was going to school. This is when I was in uh, sixth grade, so I was about 12. And eventually, you know, things just got, you know, kind of too difficult for her to keep up with. So when my grandma and grandpa moved back to Clinton, Illinois after that, um, you know, she decided to go ahead and, you know, let me uh, live with my grandma and grandpa. But this part of the story, you know, we have to rewind a bit because when I was eight years old, um, after church service one day, my uh, my mom and my dad, stepdad, um, you know, brought me outside and sat me down. And that is when they told me the truth about, you know, who my real father was and that obviously, you know, Van wasn't my real dad and that I had a real dad, you know, that he lived in Pennsylvania and, you know, that he left before I was born and stuff. So at that age, you know, that kind of hit me, you know, because all the way up until then, I was under the impression that, you know, Van was my real dad. So when I was told this, at first I kind of smiled like, you're joking, right? Like, <laughs> you're yanking my tail, right? But, you know, uh, so after finding that out, all right, so anyway, now fast forward back to, I'm 13 now, you know, I moved in with my uh, grandma and grandpa and Clinton while my mother was trying to, you know, uh, get herself together and get everything right again for herself and for us as well. So, um, you know, when I first moved down to Clinton with my grandma and grandpa, you know, everything was was fine. I was doing good. Uh, you know, I wasn't really hanging out with people or anything like that. You know, I would stay to myself. I was kind of the weird, nervous, shy kid. But I liked that. You know, I was different. I was unique. Um, you know, I listened to rock music, uh, you know, for especially back in the early 2000s and stuff, being black, uh, listening to, to rock music and stuff like that and skateboarding. And, and also Clinton is a, I don't know if anybody knows about it or heard about it, but Clinton, Illinois is a very small town. And, you know, most of the uh, ethnicity there is Caucasian. So I was basically really literally the only, um, you know, 
African-American, colored, black, whatever you want to call it, person that was really in that town. So that had its good and its bad, you know. I was, you know, from a few, sorry for the noise, guys. But I was, you know, hated and, you know, called the N-word and chased around a lot and stuff. But on the other hand, I was also, you know, uh, people were drawn to me. People were, you know, I was a mystery to them, I guess you could say. So anyway, um, about six months, maybe a year after moving in with my grandma and grandpa in Clinton, Illinois, I met my friend Skyler. Shout out Skyler, man. He's in prison right now. Uh, keep your head up, man. I love you. You'll be home soon, bro. Anyway, so, you know, I meet my uh, my best friend Skyler, man, and, you know, the group of friends that he was hanging around with. Uh, now, you know, it wasn't a good decision on my part, because even though, you know, Skyler's a very good guy, man, he's had a hard life as well. So there was a lot of things that we got into together that should not have happened, you know. Um, I started smoking weed at 13, you know, drinking, and even started doing cocaine and pills, and, um, you know, by the time I was 15 years old, I was addicted to Xanax, and uh, Xanax and uh, Promethazine, and, you know, that was just a lot of darkness, and it was, it, it was a big blur through that time frame. So anyway, uh, you know, I start dibbling, dabbling in different kind of things, uh, staying up late, not coming home for two or three days, then coming home, you know, high or fucked up and shit. And my grandma, you know, I see now that, you know, the pain and the hurt that I caused. And, you know, my grandma ended up getting tired of it. So she contacted my father, my real father, Shane, in Pennsylvania, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and, you know, they made an agreement to where I would go up there to live with him. And, you know, for being, you know, 13 years old, and I kind of just found out about this man when I was eight, you know, never, never spoke to him really. I spoke to him a few times over the phone, but never physically met him, you know, nothing like that. That was kind of a, that was kind of a doozy for me, I guess you could say. So my grandma and him, you know, agreed to this and planned this without my knowing. So one night, okay, my grandma used to make a uh, puppy chow. I don't know if you guys know what puppy chow is, but it's the, uh, the, the regular Czech cereal with powdered sugar and chocolate and uh, peanut butter, right? So I was in love with that. My grandma would make the best puppy chow ever in history. So one night, her and my grandpa, you know, tracked me down. Uh, where I was hanging out at, and she told me, like, hey, I just made a fresh batch of puppy chow, you know, uh, you know, please just be home before 11 o'clock tonight, and, you know, so, me, being high off the weed and having the munchies and shit, I'm like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, so I go, uh, you know, get home, I chow on some puppy chow, and go to sleep, now, the next morning when I get up, they... Uh, had asked me, you know, if I wanted to go to the grocery store in Champaign, Illinois with them. So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So we get there, you know, we get uh, in the car, we, we're on the highway, we start heading there. Uh, I fall asleep, you know, on the way there. And next thing I know, I'm waking up in a gas station parking lot. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, 
what's there's nothing weird about this we're getting gas or whatever but then i noticed that there is two people that got out of a van that are walking up to the car to the back door you know where i was at and so now i'm like okay what's going on here and i'm like you know mama who 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 is this and that's when she proceeds to tell me noah um you know me and your grandpa can't take it anymore um you know you're going to live with your dad in pennsylvania at which point i flipped shit i tried getting out and you know the child locks were on so i couldn't get out i tried kicking the window it wouldn't but it wouldn't budge excuse me and so you know um the, the the two people that were walking up to the car door ended up to be my aunt dawn my uh father shane's sister and my uncle and uh you know, so they opened the back door, and as soon as I got my chance, pew, Speedy Gonzalez, I took off, ran like the wind, bullseye. <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, I was caught uh, by my uncle, and I was placed in the van, in their van, to now head and start a new life in a place I've never been before, around people I've never met or talked to before. And, you know, my mind was just running, man. It was it was a lot of thoughts in my head. There was a lot of emotions um, and kind of, you know, beneath, you know, really deep in me. I was kind of looking forward to it, I guess you could say, in a sense, just because I'm the type of person that loves adventure and I love, you know, randomness and things like that. So but all in all, I was crushed. I was mad. I was upset. I was, you know, angry. And I mean, I was scared. So, uh, you know, it was a, I believe it was a 24 hour ride, maybe a little bit less. But so we get there the next day. We arrive in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I'll never forget, man, uh, you know, when we got there, my heart just, it just started beating out of my chest because I'm like, oh my. The realization set in that, oh man, I'm I, like, I'm about to meet my dad. You know, I'm, I'm about to meet my, my real father, you know. Um, so, you know, we end up getting to, uh, his mother's house, my grandma. And, you know, when I first walked in, you know, he wasn't there. So I, you know, got acquainted with my, with my grandmother and my cousins and everything. And then about an hour later, I'll never forget this man. About an hour later, uh, you know, I'm just sitting there thinking and, um, you know, uh, and walks this, this tall, about six three, six four, light skinned, uh, you know, very, very handsome and chiseled features guy walks in, and first thing I notice is, oh my goodness, like he <laughs> looks like me, you know, it looks like an older, taller me, and I just remember, bro, like uh, specifically, I'll never forget this. I remember the way that we looked at each other, you know, that for that first time, man, uh, you know, we locked eyes and we just, we just looked. And it's almost, it's weird, man, because I know it probably sounds weird, but it's almost like it was a, a telepathic type deal that was going on, you know? And it's just, it's like my soul instantly knew that's my father. You know, this is, this is me. This is him. And it was an instant connection, man. You know, we hit it off. You know, we were laughing. Man, he was so, he's so funny, you know? And it's just, uh, you know, at that point, I was happy. You know, I finally was like, oh, man, you know, like this is my dad. I was happy. I'm meeting him. And, you know, for, uh, you know, a few months after that, we, you know, were, were partners. We were hand in hand together every day. He would 
drop me off at school, you know, he would talk to me, and we were just, you know, getting to know each other. He would, uh, I remember one day we went and got out, uh, you know, bought pairs of uh, matching Jordans. I got the red and yellow ones, he got the blue and yellow ones, and, you know, things were just going so good, man, and um, eventually, though, you know, um, I guess for people that are too much alike, you know, we started button heads a lot, man, we started arguing, and eventually led up to, you know, our falling out, in which he ended up sending me back to my grandma's house, you know, a whole bunch of harsh things were said, you know, like, uh, you know, that's why you're not my son, I'm not your real dad, your dad is a guy named Maurice, and, you know, basically just telling me he didn't care about me, and he's always been fine, and he'll be fine, which crushed me so much, and, you know, granted, yes, I said a few things that I shouldn't have said as well, but, you know, to this day, man, those words will forever stick with me. But anyway, so I get back to um, Clinton, Illinois, and, you know, it's it's different now. My grandma sees that, you know, obviously it didn't work out. Things didn't go as planned and everything. So for the first about week or two, yes, I was reformed. I was, you know, trying to show that I changed and that I wasn't, you know, what I, who I was before I left. But after a couple of weeks, you know, that all went out the window. I started doing drugs again, uh, started smoking weed again, staying out again and all that other stuff. So eventually that led to me, um, you know, receiving my first um, juvenile detention center sentence. And it was only 30 days. But that first time, man, I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, 30 days away, man. Like, what the fuck? So. You know, I go, it was for uh, possession of paraphernalia and, you know, violation of my probation. So I go do the little 30 days, knock it out or whatever, and come back home. And this is really when, you know, things started to kind of get out of hand, man, because after that, you know, uh, my mom had met her boyfriend, Sean, and I was back living with them now. But with that, you know, me and my mom kind of have a, a more of a best friend type relationship and anyway, you know, so once again, I started dabbling into the drugs, into the Xanax, into, you know, just doing stupid ass shit, selling drugs. And, uh, you know, one night I ended up doing a, uh, a residential burglary with a, a friend of mine, which again led to a sentence. Uh, and that time I did 90 days in the actual juvenile department of uh, justice, which is, you know, juvenile prison, actually, not a detention center. Uh, so I did 90 days in here in uh, Murfreesboro, uh, you know, got out, came home, fell right back into the same shit, went right back uh, about 36 days later. But this time I was gone for a whole year in uh, Harrisburg uh, juvenile uh, deten or juvenile justice system. And, you know, during that time, that is when, you know, I was stripped of everything. I didn't have anybody. My grandma, you know, done had it at this point. Uh, my mother then came down to East St. Louis and she was, you know, going through her own little problems. So I was literally, once again, you know, I was alone. I had nobody write me. I was alone. So I was angry. I was, you know, upset. I was sad. I was depressed. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't even know what was going on in life, you know. So, you know, I do that, uh, do that time. I get out and I'm out now. You know, things are going kind of well for a little bit. And then when I got out this time, I got out, let's see, May 14th of 2012. 
And this is the time I met my wife, uh, Shay, June 12th of 2012. And that is when the next chapter of my life began. Uh, this is when, all, you know, obviously still some bad things were going, but this is when the start to my purpose and the path that I was supposed to be on started. Yes, it took a few years, years and years actually to, to actually find it and get to the point I'm at now. But ultimately, that's that was the start, you know. So um, June 12, 2012, I met my wife and boom and guys <laughs> i know i'm sorry uh i'm gonna pick up on part two of you know noah's story who am i uh but right now i'm gonna leave you guys right there with that because i have to go create some more content man but you will be getting part two tomorrow morning or if i'm feeling good enough it'll be tonight so uh, with that being said, guys, um, I love you all, man. Love and light. Again, thank you. Um, two plays away from my goal of 100 total plays. So um, I'm going to let the suspense kill you guys, man. And we'll pick up on part two of Noah Smith's life story tomorrow. Love and light to you all. With that being said, I am out. Peace.